Morning, Door Creek. Thank you for being here this morning. I'm Pastor David Smith, one of the pastors here at Door Creek. I am the pastor of the Northside Madison launch uh, that will be happening very soon. Um, we're looking forward to it in 2018. I'm glad to be here to start out a new series this morning in Galatians and um, just looking at the Boomerang um, video here, I want to encourage you uh, to support Boomerangs. Boomerangs is a, a huge supporter of the launch in, on North Madison, so please, if you have any items that you are trying to clear out of your house and need to, to get rid of, but they're still nice items, donate them to Boomerangs, and we will we'll take good, very good care of them, and they will land, land in the hands of someone in the community, so we need your support. Um, I volunteer there once a week, uh, three hours a week there, and so if if you just want to come by and say hi, I'm there on Thursdays, so we'll be glad to just chat with you. Boomerangs is a very important ministry uh, for Door Creek. You know, on the north side of Madison, we get to talk to a lot of people. Uh, people come in with problems and issues, and it's, it's just good to be able to greet them with a smile and a warm welcome. So please support Boomerang. As, as the Boomerang is, when you, when you throw it out, it comes back. So you send a blessing out. God will send a blessing. It'll come right back to you. So please support Boomerangs, all right? All right. So uh, my trip with Pastor Mark and others from Door Creek to Haiti was a very eye-opening experience. Changed my life, changed my outlook. Uh, Haiti was a place that uh, the United States of America really doesn't know poverty on that level. And uh, just the... Uh, Living conditions that the children in the orphanage had to live in brought me to tears because no one should have to live like that. So our prayer um, is that we'll be able to um, yield ourselves enough so that God can use us to make a difference in their lives. You know, we serve Christ by serving others. We love Christ by loving others. We can't overlook each other and say we love Christ. That's how we show Christ how much we love him is by loving each other and loving those who are in need. So the trip was, was rewarding. It stretched me in ways that I've never been stretched before. Never had a desire to fly out of the country and go to another country, especially a very poor country. But I was there, got me out of my comfort zone, you know. So, you know, God is working out some things in me, you know, giving me some new outlooks on things, and he'll stretch you, you know. And before any workout, you have to get stretched, right? You have to stretch. So I'm going to encourage you to let God stretch you because he's going to work some things out, all right? All right, and I challenge you with that. So today we start in Galatians, and we start on deserting the gospel of grace. Deserting the gospel of grace. After Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus, God called him to go preach to the Gentiles. The Gentiles were not accepted, um, were counted as not being worthy to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Paul, as he preached, as he, he, he um, traveled many miles and his missionary journeys, there was this region called Galatia where he had founded several churches, Iconium, Lystra, Derbe, and he will follow up with those churches by writing epistles to those, writing letters to those churches. 
So here in Galatia, Paul was writing. And it's, the book is called Galatians because of the area, because of the region. So if, if Paul were living today and Paul would write a letter to the churches in Madison, to the area of Madison, the book would be called Madisonians. And so that's just to give you an understanding of the, of the people that lived in that area. They were Greeks. They didn't have the, they didn't have the traditional Jewish learnings and, and, and all of those things. So there lied the problem. So as Paul began to write and begin to minister to them, there were several things that um, Paul was facing um, Paul, and he had to communicate to them about the grace. He had to remind them about the gospel of grace. First of all, letting them know that this grace is a gift of God, that this grace is not anything that you have to earn. You can't work for it. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how rich you are. It's not about your ethnicity. Grace is a free gift from God. Grace is unmerited favor from God, meaning there's nothing I can do to measure up to it. But I thank God that he's offered it as a free gift. Can't work for it. Can't preach for it. All we can do is accept it. A gift. And so Paul <clears throat> wanted to remind them, as we look at Galatians chapter 1, we start in chapter 1, and as always, it seems like I'm starting off series. So here we go again. So this gospel here that Paul wanted to make sure, he wanted to really relate and communicate to them that there were no strings attached. There were no strings attached. That means Regardless of what your, your customs are, regardless of what you've done, God gives you this grace through Jesus Christ. Okay? And the grace is for who? It's for everybody. It's for everyone. His grace covers everyone. And so as Paul was writing, he started in the verse, we're going to start in verse 6 through 8. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. Right. Let's deal with that. Paul said, you have received the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have received the gospel of grace. But now I understand that you are quickly deserting it. You are abandoning it. You are now listening and entertaining other communications from the Judaizers that come, that are coming and are saying, you can't be saved unless you are circumcised, unless you convert to being a Jew, unless you are you're keeping the kosher and you are recognizing the annual feast. If you're not doing those things, then you cannot be saved. Well, grace is not about telling you what you cannot do. Grace is something that's available to you because you and I need it. No matter how hard I try, I'm thankful to God that grace is there. Because I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect, but grace is there to keep us, 
Grace is there to hold us. Grace is there to restore us. But grace is not a license to sin. Just because grace is there doesn't mean, oh, I can go and I can act a fool. I can do what I want to do because grace is there. It's not a license to sin. Grace is a gift from God, and it doesn't determine. Paul said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid. It's not to be abused. It's not to be misused. Grace is to be cherished. It's to be honored. It's to be loved. It's to be thankful and grateful for because God's gift. Because it's God's gift. And so Paul was telling him, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised and I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm astonished that you would so quickly desert the gospel of grace, which was given by Jesus Christ. And Paul's not even taking credit that, you know, because Paul knew he was a he was a chief sinner. He said, you think you're bad? He said, I was better than all of you. I was the chief sinner. I could out sin you anytime. He said, I persecuted the church. I took your kind and put in prison. I brought you out of houses and, and locked you up. I had authority. I had power. I was validated. He said, so if anybody can brag about being a sinner, I, Paul, can. But it was the gift of God. It was the gift of grace that humbled Paul. It was the gift of grace that showed Paul he really wasn't all he thought he was. And as he preached this grace, this grace convicted him. As he preached this grace, he appreciated the grace. As he preached the grace, he realized just how precious this grace was. The unmerited favor of God. He says, if anyone preach anything other than this, let them be under God's curse. When you are under God's curse, you are in bad hands. Because no one, you can have a vigil, a prayer vigil, you can fast and put ashes on your head and do all of that, but it's not going to help. When you are under the hand of God, under the curse of God, there's no one that can pray you out. Only when God is done with you, that's when it's over. He said, if anyone preaches any, anything other than the gospel of grace, let them be under God's curse. That's how important, that's how urgent, that's how, 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 uh, um, how Paul was about, passionate Paul was about, about the gospel of grace. He didn't want the, the, church in, the churches in Galatia to get off course. He said, God is doing something new in you. How dare you? When God begins to work in your life, when God begins to work in our individual lives, and we know that it's grace that kept us, we know that it's grace that saved your marriage, you know that it's grace that brought your children back home, you know that it's grace that, that saved your business. How dare you to listen to something else other than that grace. Y'all can say amen if you want to. Don't be quiet on me. The grace of God. I just like the communication back and forth. The grace of God is the gift that he has given us and the gift that keeps on giving. The gift that doesn't require you to do anything. He said just receive it and it's yours. Just receive it. And I know there are some of us that have been in the gutter most. There's some of us that have been down, out, and dirty and don't deserve anything. But you know what grace does? Grace looks beyond your faults. 
and sees your needs, doesn't it? Grace doesn't count what you've done. It doesn't hold it against you. It doesn't bring it up in your face. It doesn't play the video over and over and say, but remember this, but remember that. But what it does say, but remember, you are saved by grace and that through faith. You are now redeemed. You are now forgiven. You are now a child of God. Grace reminds you that it's not by your works of righteousness, but it's by the grace and the love of Jesus Christ that we are saved. It's not because you preach. It's not because you sing. It's not because you teach. It's not even because you pray. It's because of God's unmerited favor. Grace. Grace will open doors that no man can shut. Grace will shut doors that no man can open. Grace will cause you to be bold when you thought you were timid. Grace will have you stand up in the room and say, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. When everybody else told you you couldn't, grace said, you can do it. When everybody tells you you can't do this, you can't do that, you got to become this, you got to become that, grace says, be who God made you. Grace tells you to get in where you fit in. Grace tells you to prosper where you're planted. Don't try to please everybody. Paul said, listen, I was a chief sinner. I did this. I did that. He said, when, I, when, when God called me, when God told me what he wanted me to do, I didn't go and talk to, uh, the, I didn't go and, and confer with flesh and blood, with any human. That's the, next, that's the next set of scriptures, in case you don't believe me. Let's go to 13. 13. Here we go. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely... I, pre- I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. You heard about it. You know about my previous way. You know how ragged I was. You know how mean I was. You know how I was just down and dirty. You know I tried to destroy what you tried to build up. You know about my past. And then when Jesus said, Paul, Saul, Saul, why do you kick against the prick? It's hard to kick against the prick. It's hard. What, what Jesus basically saying is that Saul, Saul, why do you go against the agenda of God? Many of us in here today, we are kicking against the prince. We are going against the agenda of God. God's trying to stretch you. God's trying to get you out of your comfort zone. God's trying to grow you. God's trying to grow you up and develop you. But you're kicking against it because you want to stay where it's comfortable. But grace will keep you. Grace will give you the confidence to say, Lord, stretch me, but please don't break me. Grace will say, Lord, cause me to go out of my comfort zone because I want to be everything that you want me to be. I know, Lord, if I'm with you, I can't be defeated because greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. No, grace is with me. Grace will cover me. Grace grace has got my back. Grace has got my front. Grace is on the side of me. Grace is everywhere. Paul, what I tried to destroy just came back even stronger. Paul said, He prayed to Jesus. He asked the Lord three times to remove the thorn out of his flesh. 
He said, I've asked three times and have not done that. Haven't removed it. And Jesus responded to him and said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is good enough. My grace is enough for you. My grace will keep you. My grace will hold you up. Though I might not remove the thorn from your flesh, though I might not remove you out of the situation, though I might not change the situation to what you think it should be, God is saying, my grace is with you. Lord, take me out of this job. Lord, take me out of this. Lord, take me out. I asked you three times, God, and you haven't moved yet. God is telling you, be still because my grace will keep you. My grace is sufficient. It's enough. You will come out on the top. Because of my grace. Paul could have been killed, could have been buried with the rest of them. He could have been, he could have been ostracized from, from all, but God's grace put him in the right places at the right time. Paul said, I was advancing in Judaism beyond my own age among my people, and I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. He had zeal, but he was using the zeal for the wrong thing. Have you ever worked with someone who was just zealous, anxious, they just wanted to do everything? Supervisor said, no, I'll do it, I'll do it. And they couldn't do it, couldn't do it right. They just wanted to do it. They were trying to impress, they wanted to do it. Well, God can use your zeal, but he just has to use it. He wants to use it for the right things. It's okay to be excited and zealous, zealous to do things, but just making sure you're doing the right thing. So God can use your gift. God can use your, your excitement and your enthusiasm, but he wants to use it for his, for his glory. God used Paul. Paul was a leader. Paul was, was bilingual. Paul was beyond his, his friends, and he advanced in Judaism. They had great plans for Paul, but God had even greater plans for him. So God was able to use all of that gift that Paul had that Saul had, now God was able to use him as Paul. He said, I was extremely zealous. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, called me by his grace, he was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. This is the area of Galatia. My immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. So when it pleased God, God, there's, there's a timing that God has, and, and God's timing is not like our timing. Okay? We run by clock. We run by time. You know, everything, oh, my God, we got to do this. Oh, oh, I got a few minutes more to preach. You know, we, we, time, time controls us. All right. Oh, kickoff is at 12 o'clock. We got to make sure we get home. All right. We are controlled by time. Oh, I got a lot of meetings. Today. I just ain't got time to do it. We are we are enslaved to time. But God controls time. And God has perfect timing. Huh? He has perfect timing. We we used to sing this song in our old church that he's an on time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Y'all might not know that song, but it's a song that's just basically saying he's on time. Whenever he gets there, it's the right time. He doesn't work by your calendar. He doesn't work by your clock. He doesn't work by your schedule. He works by heavenly schedule. And when he arrives, 
it's on time. It's not too late until God says it's too late. It ain't over until he says it's over. So Paul said when it pleased God, when it was his time, when it was his time, he set me apart from my mother's womb and he called me to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Not to the Jews, to the Gentiles. Peter was called to the Jews. Paul was sent to the Gentiles. He said, I didn't go up and ask anybody. I didn't go up and get permission. Now remember, Paul had gotten permission to go and destroy the followers of the way, right? He had letters and all of that. They said, go and do it. But when he received the call from God, he knew that this was a call that, not, that man could not validate. He didn't need validation from man because God had revealed it. God had given him a revelation of the gospel of grace. And he wanted to preach this grace to everybody. He wanted to make sure that everyone knew about this grace. He wanted to say, listen, the Judaizers are coming and they're telling you you got to be circumcised. They're telling you you got to be converted. They're telling you you got to be kosher. They're telling you you got to recognize the annual feast. And Paul said, listen, just receive the gospel of grace. Receive the free gift of God and you will be satisfied. See, when you have to keep laws, you're always going to make a mistake. Grace doesn't work by that. God gave us grace because he knew we'd fall. Right? Yeah. Grace. You get an insurance policy or life insurance policy because you know one day it's going to happen. Right? It ain't a matter of, well, I'm going to get it, and if it never happens, then I, I'll cancel it. <laughs> you get it because you know it's going to happen. We have grace because God knows we're going to need it. We're going to need it. And so Paul said, how could, you, how could you turn from this? How could you walk away from this? How could you walk away from the best thing that happened in your life? How can you now listen to those who, 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 who cast you off and, and said you were no good? How could you listen to them when God accepted you just the way you were? When you came all wrapped up in your sin and all wrapped up in your confusion and all wrapped up in your, your mess and all wrapped up in your ruckus, God accepted you. But if you went to the Judaism, the, the leaders of Judaism, they would not accept you. They would say, go and clean yourself first, then you can come to me. Go and be circumcised, then you can come to me. But God says, come as you are. He said, bring me all of your stuff. Bring me all your burdens. Bring me all your problems. Bring me all your flaws. Bring me all your shortcomings. Bring me all your mistakes. Bring me your foul language. Bring me your, 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 your jealousy. Bring me your envy. Bring me everything. And he said, I will change you. The church doesn't change you. God changes you. The preacher doesn't change you. God changes you. The church is just a bunch, we're just a bunch of imperfect people. Right? Saved by grace. So if anybody said, listen, I'm going to join a perfect church. There's an old saying that said, as soon as you join it, it will, will no longer be perfect. As soon as you join it. No longer be imperfect. We are all imperfect. We have all sinned, come short of the glory of God. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. Trying to impress God with your, 
good to do self. No. Don't do the work because you're trying to impress God. Do it because it's in you. It's in your heart. See, God was all God is already impressed. You know why he, he how he was impressed? He was impressed by his own son. Gave his life. Laid down his life and then took it back up again. He's moved when we have faith in his son, Jesus. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. And that's not of ourselves. That's through Christ. Paul's story goes from being a persecutor to being a preacher. From being Saul to being Paul. From being a menace to being a minister. He was a menace to society. (laughs) Now he's a minister to Galatia and Corinth and Ephesus, Colossae, Philippi. Need I go on? He was now preaching something that he didn't even know of himself, that he was trying to destroy. And now he's a champion for Jesus. Are you a champion for Jesus? Are you receiving this gift of grace? The famous lyric says, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch. I want you to point at yourself like what is a wretch? Before I call myself, what is a wretch? A wretch is somebody who's despicable, implorable. Deplorable, miserable, unhappy. Now, does that sound like anybody was a wretch? Hmm? Wretch two times. He saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. And as Paul would say, I was blind, but now I see. He was blinded by the legalism of the Judaism, but now he sees by the grace of God. He sees that his salvation isn't wrapped up in how good he is or how bad he is and what he does and what he doesn't do. His salvation is wrapped up in the gospel of grace, which was given to him because when God was pleased, he separated from him, he separated from his mother's womb. God called him out of darkness into the marvelous light. When it pleased God, God picked him up, turned his life around. When it pleased God, God cleansed him from his unrighteousness. When it pleased God, God called him into a work where he will change the lives of men and women even today. The grace of God. The grace of God. Paul closes verses 21 through 24. He says, when I, was sent, when I went to Syria and Cilicia, I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea. 
that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. Couldn't you just hear them saying that? The man who formerly persecuted us, he's now preaching the faith. He once tried to destroy us. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's not going to accept and receive and believe your story. Yeah. But his story, Paul's story has become his story. Jesus' story. Your story, my story has become his story. Uh-huh. And Jesus came so that we would have life and have more abundantly. But it's only by his grace. Yes, I'm the man who tried to destroy you, but now God is doing something new in me. Yes, you might be the person that terrorized the neighborhood. You might be the black sheep of the family. Nobody trusts you. No one wants you around. But God has done something new in your life. And now you can be a blessing to those around you. You can be better than you were before with the aid and the assistance and the help of God's grace. Now he's calling us to a place that we can receive and we can be everything God wants us to be through grace. Final lyrical song that I want to say is Amazing Grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I don't know why Christ came to love me so, but he looked beyond my faults and he saw my needs. Aren't you glad that God looked beyond your faults? Aren't you just thankful to God? Because, listen, I got a whole bunch of faults. We can just start digging them out. But he looked beyond, which means he didn't stop there. He looked beyond it. He didn't overlook my thoughts. He didn't just ignore them, but he looked beyond them, meaning he didn't just see that far. He looked beyond. He didn't just see that I was a wretch. He saw that I could be righteous. He didn't just see that I was a sinner. He saw that I could be a saint. Isn't that good? He looked beyond my faults and saw my needs. So today, you might be in that place where your life, eh, maybe you're just kind of straddling the fence, trying to decide whether you want to really be in this thing. And you know grace is there. Listen, grace is not a, a, a license to sin, right? Not a license to sin. There are consequences to sin. Some are greater than others. God can forgive you, but yet and still there are consequences. You touch a hot oven, you'll burn. That's a consequence. Now the burn will heal up, right? We want to touch it and say, God, don't let it burn me. Yeah, Lord, just don't let it burn me. Work a miracle, God. No. There are consequences, but it doesn't stop there. So today you might 
not have given your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you haven't received this grace, this wonderful grace, gospel of grace. No matter what your past is, no matter what your present is, no matter what you did this morning, okay? no matter even what you think you're going to do tonight, <laughs> God wants to save you if you don't know Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray this morning. If you're in that place, just repeat this prayer after me. And receive Jesus. All heads bowed and eyes closed. Repeat these words. Dear Lord. I confess. That I'm a sinner. Forgive me. For all my sins. Jesus Christ. Is the son of God. He died for my sins. He rose from my life. Today. By God's amazing grace, through faith, I am a follower of Jesus. I'm saved in Jesus' name.